You're listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. Jesus ascended a mountain. Give a sermon about discipleship. The Sermon on the Mount was called. Last week we began it. He ascended a mountain and gave the eight Beatitudes, and he continues it today. Christ, once again, is fulfilling the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, Moses ascended a mountain and received the Ten Commandments from God. That began the law. God was to govern his people, Israel, with these Ten Commandments. Christ ascends the mountain once again, not to receive the the law, but the spirit of the law. Christ has a new law to give. He first gave the eight Beatitudes, which are much greater than the precepts of the Old Testament. But if you read the eight Beatitudes, who can fulfill them? Feel the weight of that calling on you. Can I fulfill these eight Beatitudes? That's why today Jesus calms the fears of his followers. He shows them how necessary they are to this world. Not for their salvation, not for the salvation of one nation, but the salvation of the entire world. The faith that Christ is giving on that mountain is the faith committed to them to be spread throughout the world to save the human race. Christ describes what a disciple is here in our gospel. There's three main things that he points out. The first, you are the salt of the earth. Now salt, back in those days, had multiple purposes. Of course, to season the food, but in those days, without refrigeration, you sprinkled all your meat with salt so that it wouldn't rot. Salt preserved what was good. Also, in the book of Leviticus, God commanded them, before you offer a sacrifice to me, sprinkle it with salt. The salt was used in the worship of God. And then lastly, whenever kingdoms would overcome one another, they would, of course, lay waste to everything to show their dominance. They would not only lay waste to the buildings, lay waste to the community, but they would throw salt all over the land to lay waste to the vegetation, to kill it. A follower of Christ is called to be the salt of the earth. Sprinkling salt with the food, we are called to be preserved from sin. We cannot be living a sinful life. A follower of Christ doesn't play in the mud of sin. We preserve ourselves from that rock. We have to change the way we live. 
Every suffering that we undergo, just like in the Old Testament, they'd sprinkle the sacrifices with salt before they offered them to God. Every suffering we undergo, we offer it to Jesus. Look, in this life, we cannot preserve each other from suffering. That is a hard fact. How many parents have heartbreaks because their child undergoes some suffering? You're not called to protect them from every suffering. You're called to help them endure it with grace and love. You show them how to handle the sufferings. A disciple of Christ gives their sufferings to Jesus. Jesus gave his suffering to the Father. We're called to do the same. And lastly, as salt was used to kill the vegetation of the nation that was conquered, we are called to destroy sin. To destroy sin in our own nation. Think about it. How often people complain, oh, back in my day, we weren't doing all that nonsense. Or, you know, if I was born in this time, I was really meant to be born back then. Uh, or in the future. God knows every hair on our head. He put us right here for a reason. In this pew, in this community, in this city, in this state, this nation, at this time period, for a reason. He has chosen you to live in a certain time and a certain place to be holy. But not only just so you can be holy, but that you help others become holy. You help them destroy sin. I destroy sin in my life, and I destroy the sin, help destroy the sin in others. If a disciple of Christ is not preserved from sin, or they're offering their sufferings to Christ, or they're not uh, helping root out the sin in their circle of friends, their family, uh, Jesus kind of has some blunt words. More or less, he says that they're useless. Or more or less, he actually says that uh, salt or might as well just be thrown out, trampled on the foot. Secondly, he says that you are the light of the world. A light deters evil. A light brightens, illumines, but it also dispels the darkness. What are we called to illuminate? If we are the light of the world, what are we called to bring to light? We're called to bring to light the dignity of others. People fall into sin because they lose sight of who they really are. Think about it. A son or a daughter of a king, the nation, is not going to go and eat uh, out of a pigsty and a slop. But how often a child of God throws away their dignity to live a sinful life because they can't let that go. As disciples, we are called to help people see who they really are. To help them see that, no, that you're not just somebody, but you belong to somebody. You belong to Christ. You have a dignity. We help people actually live according to their dignity as a child of God. Light this brightens that. But what does it dispel, that darkness? 
Being the light of the world is not for the faint-hearted. It's not for cowards. It ain't easy. A lamp is not put underneath a bushel basket. But we must be okay with living a life that is an example for others. We must be okay with living a life that is an example for other people. Think about it. When St. Paul was writing, he said, look to me. Look to me as an example. If we have to live like that. As the light to the world, we are called to illuminate the dignity of others. Uh, and if we live a faithful life, God will remove that faint-heartedness, that timidness. And lastly, Jesus says uh, a city set on a mountain. I was kind of reading this, I was praying with it, and I noticed something. It was kind of a shift. That uh, Jesus, he first said, okay, you are the salt of the earth. Okay, you are a light to the nations. But with this city, he doesn't say that you are a city set on a mountain. I was praying with it, and then uh, one of my favorite authors, one of my first, uh, my favorite commentaries, um, sacred scripture kind of helped me realize it was St. Hilary of Cotier. For a long time, I thought that was a girl. It was actually a guy. And St. Hilary, one of the very first people to ever write a commentary on sacred scripture. He gave light to that situation. Jesus says, a city set on a mountain not you are, because he's not talking about his disciples. Jesus is now referring to himself and the Catholic Church. Jesus Christ, who has now ascended a mountain to teach his disciples, is establishing that very city that he's talking about, that the entire world will look to. The Catholic Church is the moral compass, supposed to be the moral compass of the world. Christ is the light, and the city that he illuminates is the church. We cannot be ashamed of our faith. Jesus Christ started it, and he asked us to share it. Or someone used to tell me, he said, you got to keep the faith, it's not to yourself. The church and its teachings were founded by Jesus, and he promised that the gates of hell would never prevail. It does not mean that Satan won't attack it. But what it does mean is that on the final day, it will hold true that Satan never won the war. God did. The Sermon on the Mount continues. This is where Christ describes what his disciples should look like, essentially what me and you should live our life like. If you keep your life centered on Christ, you stay close to the church, you stay close to that city on the mountain, um, you'll win. If we can do that, then you may be surprised that even someone like you can become a saint. We may be surprised that uh, maybe someone's name in this very church 
can be celebrated in our liturgy, the names that we repeat. Even people like you and me can be the salt of the earth and a light to the world.